Flight tracker is up. They're landing in 24 minutes. So the Buffs podcast will be done <laughs> just as they're landing. Welcome into the Buff Stampede Basketball Podcast. As you heard, Chase Howell has the flight tracker up. Oh. Let's go. Vinay Simlot is with us as well. The Colorado Buffaloes basketball team is currently in the air, and they land in 24 Chase, minutes. Where? We're mid-air right now. Yep. Where, where are they flying? The airplane. It's important to know what kind of airplane it is. Well, the only reason we're assuming this is the airplane is because uh, Director of Player Development Nate Tomlinson tweeted out that they were taken off, so that makes it really easy to go get on FlightAware and see if there's a plane taken off from Manhattan. There was a plane that took off at 1.49 p.m. out of Rocky Mountain Regional Airport and is set to land in Manhattan in 19 minutes. Vinay, it is a Key Lime Air 704. Looks like a very big you private jet. the flight number. You didn't tell me what kind of airplane. Uh, Key Lime Air 704, that's the, that's the airline. The f- aircraft type is yeah. a Fairchild Dornier 328 jet. Fairchild okay. Dornier. This is the right. 328? 328 jet, yeah. Oh, those aren't that big, man. Those are... Yeah, no, yeah it's like a really big private jet. Yeah, but no, those aren't really like, big private jet. It's no, those aren't that big, jet. yeah. I was I was actually curious now that you mentioned it if they were going to get a bigger plane than normal. That's their normal plane size, just so that they could space out on the planes. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know, uh, for instance, you know, baseball teams are traveling with less people, obviously, and players got their own ro- rows. Um, like New York, the Yankees. Uh, Adam Adamino actually had a really good post in ESPN yesterday, working with uh, June Lee, who's a really good guy. Um, talking about how uh, the Yankees were taking trains more this year so that they could rent private trains so more people could travel um, on uh, going from ballpark to ballpark, like especially going to like DC or Boston and stuff like that. Uh, so I was actually, that's actually good information to know. And I wonder when the buffs travel, like uh, when, when Northern Colorado and Colorado state travel to see Colorado, if they're going to take down two or three buses instead of the normal one. Uh, anyway, well, uh, that is exciting. Clear, those are more expensive. So with with a with an athletic department that's struggling, maybe it's not in the cards. And also, when you're sitting next to someone on an airplane, they say the way the air is circulating, it circulates every six minutes. The air is completely replaced in an airplane cabin. So if you're sitting next to someone, it's like you're sitting seven feet apart. Is basically the 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 line that they're drawing, the analogy they're making. Just to be clear. Interesting facts from Vinay while everybody's traveling on Thanksgiving weekend. Vinay, big believer in big airline, apparently. And what (laughs) big airline have to say. I I Uh, absolutely despise trains. Let me just get that out there. (laughs) I one, uh, I almost said F you like like the whole thing because F you, I love trains. Uh, I will sit here like literally drinking a beer like I am now just watching Norwegian trains go through the countryside Norway for hours and hours at a time, plowing through snow, the pretty pictures. Oh, what a beautiful country that is. I love trains, man. Like I, like my first word, uh, was, uh, hata, which either meant hockey or hot dog. But my second word was train. And I used to take my parents all around Chicago and Illinois saying train, 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 tracking trains, uh, I lived right offside the uh, the Clybourne Metro Station and the L line right there uh, for a while. So, man, I love trains, man. I, I could talk about trains for hours, but this podcast is not about trains. It's about Colorado Buffalo's basketball, and I'm really excited about that, too. And like you said, Chase, they land in a few hours. 
or a few minutes, uh, very on brand of you to be tracking airline flights. Uh, as we know here at Buff Stampede, Chase is the expert on all things airline tracking, given his uh, history with Colorado football and the amount of coaching Tucker. changes we've had recently. Yes. Uh, membership on FlightAware. You know what's funny? <laughs> Uh, I was listening to our friends on, that's hilarious. Uh, I was listening to our friends on a uh, free ball on, uh, the other day and you know, the Mel Tucker thing really hurts obviously. And a lot of fans are still ripped sore by it, but I started thinking about the worst moments and the most pain CU has caused me. And obviously that Oregon state football game on homecoming was like, you know, the peak of brutality. Uh, I also got broken up with that day. Uh, like, and I couldn't get out of the situation. So it was just a really bad day. Uh, the other part of this equation that I was going to mention was I realized that Sab shot that still should have counted that the buff should have a win in McHale center is probably the second most pain I've ever felt in my life. Um, and again, I've been run over by a car. Um, I've been jumped. Uh, I've got dumped, like things have happened to me and those are the two most painful events. So I, I understand, man, like the, this is some real pain. And I'm looking forward to the buffs going to McHale and actually beating the Arizona Wildcats because they're too young. There's no fans and the buffs take advantage of it. But before they can do that, the buffs are in Manhattan, Kansas, uh, and they're taking on South Dakota and Kansas State. What do we boys feel about how these first two games are going to go? The Buffs have been really good to start seasons, particularly in November under Tad Boyle, you know, the last few years. I'm excited. I think these are two good games uh, to get the boys rolling. I know Tad talked a little bit about how you don't have the cupcake non-conference games this year. Uh, that was before he knew that he scheduled South Dakota. Uh, I think <laughs> you can definitely consider a cupcake. I know the line is, I think minus 14 right now, but it seems like a game that CU could win or sh at least should win by like 20 plus uh, South Dakota only returns one starter that they got a ton of transfers. And I just don't think that team's going to be very good. And then Kansas state is pretty much in a similar boat. It is a power five team, but it's a team that nobody expects uh, to be that good. That's not a cupcake game. You're playing in Manhattan. Obviously there there's some difficulty there, but it's two games that, um, we, we get to find out a lot about this team, but they're not overly difficult games to start the year. Yeah, I agree. Um, South Dakota, last time they were here, I think, Chase, you and I were there together, and the Buffs won 82-58. Uh, to 58. It wasn't <laughs> – it, it was close in the first half, but the Buffs, I guess, scored – well, I guess it wasn't close in either half, but yeah. Um, the Buffs did a nice job in both of those halves. They only returned one player, I think, that was on that roster. I think that's Umude or something. I don't know. I don't know how to say his name. But, yeah, he had a good game. Uh, what I will say about Kansas State is a lot of people have thought this year, hey, college basketball there isn't going to be as much of a home court advantage because fans aren't going to be loud. And, and I think there are some legs to that but I just covered MLS for a couple months and there were very few to no fans allowed in most of the stadiums. And granted the, the, the teams were traveling on the day of instead of the day before, like a lot of college basketball teams will be doing this year, traveling the day before like normal, but there wasn't that big of a difference in um, win loss percentage compared to normal on home and a road. Now in baseball, there was, there was practically no home field advantages here in baseball. So I would kind of caution people in believing that there is no home 
court advantage. I think there's still going to be some, uh, particularly in basketball, in college basketball, when all the gyms look a little bit different and you're not used to shooting in those backdrops. Uh, but, you know, definitely less of an advantage. The, the good news is for Colorado is the Buffalo's advantage, which is altitude, that does not go away. Um, except when they're playing Colorado State, Northern Colorado, but it, it more or less stays there. So there's there's good and bad here, but I, I did want to caution people on that going, oh, Kansas State at home, it's not even like a home game like normal. I think that it, it, there is some familiarity there, and it is going to be nice for Kansas State to be on their home floor, and they certainly do still get some sort of advantage from that. But the Buffs uh, finalized the rest of their uh, conference schedule today. They put in the dates, uh, so that's good to see. Um, they will not be playing on New Year's Day. They play on New Year's Eve at USC, and then January 2nd at UCLA. That's when the true conference slate starts. Um but like I said, they go to Arizona for their third game of the year after South Dakota and Kansas State. And, you know, the Buffs have been really, really good. Only Virginia and Kansas the last few years have been better in November than Tad Boyle. Uh, and we all kind of remember the sore spots. A lot of those have actually come in December in these non-conference games against cupcake teams that the Buffs don't do enough against. But I don't think that there's many spots for the buffs to mess up in the non-conference schedule and and really across power conferences yeah i think the committee come selection time is going to be a little bit more favorable towards the power conference teams just because of the the credence that they carry but there aren't that many spots the buffs can screw up on especially when their non-conference schedule looks the way it does so you know i'm looking at it going they definitely need to win this south dakota game and they should definitely win this kansas state game it makes it look a lot better if they lose it it's going to be one that's going to be you know teams are going to get a mulligan or two there's no reason that game should be a mulligan is what i'm saying i think you make a really interesting point about home court advantage because people without fans are going to think it's not there and um our buddy willie whalen who i'm sure is probably listening to this he tweeted out his little um preview of the cu season and one of the notes on there was the home and road splits uh for mckinley and Deshaun Schwartz, and it, it's about 15% for both of them. Uh, McKinley shoots 51% from the field at home, 35 on the road, 40 from three-point line, 25 on the road from three, um, and Schwartz is a little bit less than that. 17 from the field and 12 from three is the difference. So that the fans aren't helping them shoot better, I think, is the point I'm trying to make. It's because you get a lot, you get really comfortable in your home gym and so obviously Kansas State's going to be in their home gym. It's where they shoot all the time. And you're just bound to shoot better in your home gym. So that's what's going to make it difficult for them. But at Kansas State, you look at Ken Palm and all that. They're in the hundreds. Uh, they're right but It's about as tough of a game as CSU if this is on a neutral court. So, uh, you, yes, it's a power conference. I know I said power five earlier. I don't want to disrespect the Big East. It's uh, power six when we talk about college basketball. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's that difficult of a game. I think yeah. one of the factors that hold on, Manet, just just one real quick point. The one factor that switches Kansas State and Colorado State is when you get Colorado State into Boulder, is there's so many CU kit or, or Colorado kids or Wyoming kids or Nebraska kids that feel like they should have earned a scholarship from Colorado, and they have a lot of extra blood playing in that game. Whereas Kansas State, um, they don't have that, so it's more of a true testament of where their number is on Ken Palm. Uh, go ahead, Manet. I was just going to say, um, when, we're, when we're talking about the home field advantage, well, in football we saw this when the 
off when the away team has the ball on offense, it's silent there. Usually you'd have your crowd screaming. You'd have them trying to make as much noise as possible. And, and this year when I was at the UCLA game, when UCLA had the ball, you did not hear anything. You didn't hear. And I feel like that was easier for the offense. I don't know if that'll translate as much into basketball. You won't be hearing that defense boom, 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 or whatever. But um, I think that, that, that I, you could see the change in football. And I don't know if they'll be pumping in crowd noise for basketball, but it would be interesting to see how much of that crowd noise will affect anything that they're doing on the court. Yeah, n- no doubt. Uh, and, and I think this year in general across sports is, is a really interesting case study as like a sports scientist into what goes into games because we're taking away factors. When we talk about crowd, when we talk about certain travel things that have happened this year, we can actually study this in the margins of what is causing teams to win and lose. And on that mark, I think a lot of games this year, as we're seeing already across college basketball, have been canceled or are going to be rescheduled at the last minute like we're seeing in football, which I think is going to make the Buffs' depth way more important than I may have originally credited it for uh, on the Buffs preview show, which we did in the last podcast. Like, you know, I, I said things like Dominique Clifford and uh, Jabari Walker are probably going to play, but limited minutes, but you might have a situation where Alexander Strading and a couple of these guys are going to need to play because both conditioning concerns and maybe a guy or two is out with COVID, which means that, you know, some of the onus is going to come on these younger guys, particularly on a trip where, you know, the buffs are in LA for two games in a row. And one guy might be stuck at home because they were exposed or something like that. Um, Those guys are going to need to step up, um, which kind of scares me a little bit, but also it's kind of uh, fun to see as a fan, right? Yeah, it'll make things much more interesting. I know um, Big 12 came out and said that if you have six scholarship players good to go on your basketball team, that you have to play the game. I don't know what the Pac-12 rule is going to be with that, but even if you have an outbreak, there's a possibility that you're starting a bunch of freshmen um, because they make you play anyway because you have six scholarship players that are good to go. Um, I'm going to guess that the Pac-12 number will be a little bit higher than what the Big 12 is doing just based off of football, but... Um, we're we're going to see some COVID positive. That's just bound to happen, and uh, depth will obviously play a key role. And we've talked about how Tad's attitude will play a key role throughout this season as well. Yeah, and and I think one of the big things that you kind of touched on there is, you know, I I was covering the Rapids the last few weeks, and Diego Rubio did not have COVID but he was exposed to somebody with COVID. So he could not practice going into their playoff game. He ended up playing. Now, if they had played a few days earlier, he would not have been able to play in that game because he was exposed. So he was in isolation. That's going to happen to guys, particularly on college campuses. Vinay, as you said, you saw Evan Batty today on campus. Like these guys are students still. Like you're going to run into them. And if they get exposed to somebody with with COVID, not necessarily they getting COVID, but if they get exposed, they might need to get sidelined. And all of a sudden the buffs are down there starting power forward or starting shooting guard or something like that, just which is, is going to be really costly. Just to be clear, we're not throwing anyone under the bus. Evan was wearing his mask. He was following the rules, standing six feet apart and everything like that. But but to your point, yes, they are still students. Yes, there are times when they still have to come to campus and do class in person. 
For sure. And I didn't mean to throw Evan under the bus. I wasn't saying you were. Just didn't want to. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, no. And you're right. You're doing good journalism. I'm just doing shitty things always. Um, But like, you know. There's a curse word. (laughs) You know. Like you go to the supermarket, you might get it there. You don't yeah. know if, if you go over, like, let's say like I'm having a really small Thanksgiving gathering with my best friend, you know, and his girlfriend, like that's it. But if one of them got exposed to COVID, I don't have a girlfriend. He has a girlfriend. Um, <laughs> but like, it, it, oh, sorry, Vinay. Uh, if you want to get invited? I no, can no, invite no. you. No, 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 no. Uh, I didn't think so. Um, <laughs> but if one of them were to be exposed to COVID and I was playing for the Buffaloes and actually living my dream, um, I would not be able to play. Um, so it's just, you know, natural things that I think that, you know, um, no one's necessarily not following the rules or doing anything bad. It's just this is going to happen. Uh, but uh, looking particularly at these two games, the Buffs are in Manhattan or about to be in Manhattan. Uh, we... As far as we know, their full team is there. That is a massive success given the last time I saw the Buffs and we're about to see the Buffs. uh, It literally felt like the start of the apocalypse. Like me and Chase were living the start of the apocalypse, like live and in person. (laughs) And it was crazy. Like I'll never forget that. It was insane. Seven minutes remaining on the flight. (laughs) Thanks for the countdown. Refreshing too. Um, but like, yeah, like that, that time in Vegas chase, like, like me and me and you, like, like are literally watching the, the NBA season come to an end. And like, we're like trying to like hang out with some fans because we don't know the next time we're going to see people. And, it, and lo and behold, I haven't seen anybody since then. Uh, but it, it was, it was insane. It was literally out of a movie. Yeah. And we're looking around all these different games are getting canceled across all different sports and we're looking around and there's a bunch of fans, um, in the arena of the Washington State CU game, it was just a, a really weird scenario. I think it ended up being the last game of COVID that had fans, at least team sports-wise. I know golf played the next day and had some fans, um, but I think team sports-wise, it was the last one with fans. So it was weird. CU was a part of history, and obviously being in so Vegas were you guys. made it even weirder. Oh, we made history, Chase. And Vinay, yes, we, we Chase and I definitely made history for a few history. days. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, like, you know, I, I think guys that, like I was pointing on with the depth, uh, I look at a guy like Eli Parquet, and I think someone like that's really going to need to step up this year, particularly because of the depth. And uh, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily scared about it. Like, I, I've really liked her, what I've heard out of practice about Maddox Daniels and Eli Parquet especially the last week since we've done this basketball preview pod and uh, Jariah Horn. I, I think it might just be the fact that tip is in about, you know, 28 hours, but I, I, I started talking to myself into a lot of the players on this team. And I feel a lot more excited about the potential for this team than I did at the start of, I guess we'll call it fall camp. Well, also to, to make a point about Kansas state, they're not a very big team. And our last two podcasts, that's what we've been worried about. We've been worried about the Buffs' size. We've been worried that Evan Batty would have to carry the load as a big man for the Buffs' roster. Kansas State, they're not going to have to worry about that. They'll match up well with a not very big Kansas State team. So I'm not worried about Kansas State. The writers picked them to finish the worst in their conference. So it doesn't seem to me like 
Kansas State is a game that we would be worried about. I think I would be more worried about South Dakota than Kansas State, to be honest with you. Whoa, hot take. Hot take here. Yes. I mean, I'm not worried about either of them, but this whole rotation is going to be very interesting. This is going to be a little bit of a different CU team than what we're used to. I think this is going to be a really good shooting team, um, especially from three-point lane. So I'll I'll get at what you're kind of hinting at, Chase. What are what are you looking forward? What are you looking at in this game, you guys? Uh, what are you most looking forward to? Uh, like, what are some of the things that you guys are going to be eyeing uh, come tip on uh, Wednesday evening? It's kind of an easy answer, um, but it, it's the new guys. It's Keyshawn Bartholomew and it's Jariah Horn. Um, I want to see how they fit into this lineup. Um, I want to see how many minutes Bartholomew is going to play. Um, and I just want to see what Jariah Horn's able to do, especially on the defensive end, and if he's able to provide some rebounding help and um, do all of the little things because we know he can shoot the basketball. When I, I want to see how he helps this team in all the different ways. And if they are um, – I think I can, I'll can. i be able to figure out in the first few games how important they're going to become to this team. Um, I think – I'm looking at the buffs because I really don't think the competition is going to be anything – we need to worry about. I'm looking at how the offense gels with themselves. What Deshaun Schwartz are we going to see? How many shooters are on that team, whether Maddox Daniels can be a consistent shooter, who else can be that consistent shooter, whether it's Jariah Horn, and then whether the entire team rebounds. That, I think, will tell me whether this team will be a good rebounding team or not. And if it's Tad Boyle, you can bet that it'll be a good rebounding team. But I want to see how the guards are rebounding, whether it's just McKinley Wright getting involved on the glass. Yeah, I'm not as concerned as I thought I would be about the rebounding just because I kind of remembered that this was a Tad Boyle team. The rim protection is what I'm really scared about. Uh, Like, if the Buffs are consistently finishing uh, negative in rebound margin, I don't think Tad Boyle is just going to field a basketball team at a certain point. He'll just say, go play a different sport. Like the buffs won't be playing basketball if that <laughs> happens. So like, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. Like at the end of the day, with the rebounds, cause I think that the buffs will still be an okay rebounding team. Uh, but uh, I, I think that in general this season, we're going to have a hard time looking at anything from game to game and going, let's take big takeaways from this game. You know, in college basketball in general, that's hard to do, but especially this season. So I don't know that there's going to be anything from just this week that I go, okay, that, that's a telltale sign of what Colorado basketball is or, or was or whatever. Um, now, I say that now, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to push a ca- column Wednesday night for Adam on Buff Stampede <laughs> that says the Buffs are back, Tad Boyle, Golden Era, let's go, because that's just who I am as a person, as both of you guys know. But, you know, I, I think looking at it now, I just, I don't know that we're going to have major takeaways from any individual game. But what I will be looking forward to, especially because I haven't been able to see practice, is what Tad Boyle is running, what he's kind of pointing his team in the direction towards, what his rotation is like, what lineups he's running, uh, what he's kind of seen in practice that has made his ideal. Uh, because you're going to be able to see what Tad Boyle is shooting for and what the buffs are going for. Now, if they're not making their shots and they're not playing all effort, they're not going to be what they want to be. But you can see what they're pointing towards and what they're striving towards. And for me, that's some of like the meta stuff I'm going to be looking for. But like, 
in the margins, I'm really going to be looking to see what the starting five is going to be and what the rotation is going to be. And I'll just throw it to you guys. What are your thoughts on that part of the equation? On the rotation? Yeah, rotation, starting five. And, and Chase, you know this as well as anyone. You know, Tad doesn't necessarily start his five best players. Yeah. and It's about who finishes. And I know I it'll change the minutes at the end of the game. <laughs> right. It, and that that's actually important all throughout college basketball. We saw um, Florida State's sixth man get drafted fourth overall. He didn't start a single game for Florida State, but he finished games for Florida State. Well, uh, it's the Chicago Bulls, Chase. I wouldn't read well, too much into it. I wasn't going to take too many shots. They got our, our Taurus Carsonovis now that they, they're not going to make. I, I, I don't. I, as much as I like AK and as nice as he's been to me, particularly in Boulder, um, when he's come and scouted CU, it's still the Chicago Bulls. So, all right, well, back to the rotation. Um, my guess, and I really don't know who's going to start the two. Uh, my guess is going to be Keyshawn Bartholomew. Uh, I, I usually have a much better feel of this when we're able to go to practices, but uh, we haven't been able to see any practices, so we kind of got to take educated guesses. And then I think the rest of the lineup shapes out. It's going to be uh, Deshaun Schwartz, Jariah Horn at the four, uh, Evan Batty at the five, and then, of course, McKinley at the one. Um, that's kind of what I'm expecting, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Eli Parquet at the two. Um, and then I think Maddox Daniels will, will probably be one of the first guys off the bench. I think they're going to need his scoring. Um, and so I put him at the six or seven spot. And then you got to throw in Dallas Walton, who's going to help out in the front court. And that's kind of my my eight-man rotation as I see it. Um, I think Alex Strotting will obviously get some minutes as well. Um, and that's probably the nine guy as I see it right now. at the three and four? What's that? Who did you say at the three and four? Uh, Schwartz and Horn starting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think my guess is – my guess is – Exactly yours. I think Maddox Daniels starts though. I think I think Maddox Daniels starts at either the three or four. And you think Horn's coming off the bench? Yeah. I I think just because I think just because um he's been here for a year. And I don't know if um I don't know if you see it this way, but I think Tad goes with the guys that he knows. Well, that's why I, I do the same thing, but with Parquet. That's why I have Parquet yeah. in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. But I, I have Kin, uh, Parquet, Schwartz, uh, Horn, and Batty. And then, as you said, Chase, that eight is really what matters. It's, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, Bartholomew or Parquet, whichever one's not starting, which I think is going to change throughout the course of the season between yeah. those two guys. Right. Um, depending on matchups, not necessarily even who's playing the best, but like right. you're going to be able to match up guys. Uh, and how much Tad wants to task McKinley with defensive assignments, given Parquet's mm-hmm. a pretty good defender, uh, and how much Ken wants to be tasked with playmaking and stuff like that. There's a lot that's going to go into that one. And then Daniels and Walton. Like Boyle's always been known, especially come conference time, he tightens that rotation down to about eight. So that eight is going to be huge. But, you know, the 9-10 guys, Strotting, <laughs> as you said, he's going to play. Uh I think he's fine. He gives a lot of energy. He doesn't really hurt you that bad. And then you look at one of the freshmen. And for me, it's been Clifford uh, just because it makes sense from a positional standpoint, but you could also very well see Luke O'Brien or Jabari Walker because of same Mm -hmm. thing position wise. And I think Luke's going to be able to shoot right away at the college level. The other stuff I think is going to take some time with Luke 
but I really do like Luke as a ball player, especially in the future. I, I really do see Luke as a, as a really great wing scorer at Colorado following in the footsteps of Schwartz and Xavier Johnson and a couple other guys. Uh, but uh, Walker is another guy that can provide some rim protection. And I think that why, that's why Boyle might go to him at times. Uh, and especially given the fact that there is no red shirt this year, you can, everyone gets eligibility back. You might as well play these guys some minutes here and there just to see. And, and, and Tad loves to throw as he did with straighting last year, a guy in there for five minutes just to give some energy. And I think that's going to happen with the freshmen this year, particularly in games like South Dakota. It might not happen because it's the first game, but you know, you look at Omaha and that's the game that's going to be like, okay, that's the home game where they, that that's the home game where they might not take seriously. And all of a sudden Boyle's running out five freshmen just because he's pissed at his seniors. Like that, <laughs> that happens every year, but this year Boyle might actually be able to, My to favorite, take the leap and go five freshmen. Those are my favorite press conferences, by the way where he's just pissed off because his team is losing to a team they shouldn't, or they beat a team they, they should, but not by a lot. <laughs> yep. Uh, Tad Boyle tells it like, he, like yeah. it is more than anyone I know. And you know what? Uh, if you're a CU basketball fan, you love it because this is the year where the journalists are a little bit uh, in the dark about everything going on. But I, I don't really feel that much in the, the dark. Yeah, yeah. But I don't feel that in the dark because I listen to Boyle every day and Boyle tells the truth. You know, I've been dealing with coaches all year that don't necessarily tell the truth and you're trying to drag answers out of them. Boyle, you ask and he's going to tell you the truth if, if he wants to give you an answer. So uh, I, I do I do really appreciate Tad and, and uh, from a professional standpoint as in a personal standpoint of me loving Colorado basketball, you know, build the goddamn statue already. <laughs> So any other thoughts you guys have? I know we're doing a little bit shorter of a pod today um, as planned, but uh, we had the preseason pod. You guys gave a lot of opinions and thoughts, but anything changed from that podcast or did you have more time to think on anything? One of the things I actually thought about was Deshaun Schwartz. I wonder if he's a guy that might come back for another year, given he's gotten eligibility now. Um, And he kind of is in this in-between zone of, yeah, today if his career ended in college, he'd be a really good, you know, uh, foreign player, but he wouldn't necessarily make the NBA. So I wonder if he'd come back for another year in college. But uh, that was one of my opinions. Uh, I don't know what else you guys have. What do you think the chances are that McKinley Wright comes back? Zero. Okay. Luke O'Brien's jersey number, zero. <laughs> I think he might be the first guy to wear zero since Ski, by the way. Really? Mm-hmm. Didn't Shiro's didn't a put, very popular number in college football right now. Yeah, well, they didn't put Booker's number in the rafters like Ski thought they should have, like, probably. <laughs> that's why we haven't seen him back at the event center in a while. Oh, for sure. That's <laughs> that's the reason. Shane Gatling wore zero. I'm an idiot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for well, one year, but yeah. Yeah, because he didn't wear zero his first year. Um, there's all like, Gatling's cool because I'm going to remember Gatling and uh, – that doesn't necessarily always happen with grad chancers. Like I always forget Josh fortune. I always forget Kenan Guzanich, who's another two year guy, but not a grad transfer. But like there are certain tad Boyle guys that I always forget existed. Uh, Shane was Shane was a good enough player that I won't forget that he existed. So uh, hats off to Shane, because that's not necessarily the easiest thing to do when you only play two years at a program and don't even make a tournament, even though they really did last year. Mm-hmm. By the way, Chase, are you watching what's going on with this flight? With what? With the flight. 
Um, no, are they circling or something right now? Yeah, they they're actually coming in from the northeast. So they, oh, yeah. they added like ten minutes onto their flight time. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not interesting. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna end the podcast there because that's not interesting. <laughs> and clearly, you guys have nothing else to add. Well, uh, uh, okay. Do, should we go more in depth on K State or San Diego, or did we make it pretty clear that these are should be very? <laughs> I think you made it pretty clear, but if you have any points, add them. Okay. Well, the one thing I did want to note is. Um, just somebody to watch is Carlton Lingard because CU was very close in uh, in getting him this past spring. Uh, he was a JUCO transfer. He spent one year at JUCO. He's a six foot eleven forward. I thought he would be a very nice piece for this CU team that's going to need rim protection. Um, Are he they ended still up making Carl's. I thought they were done making Carl's in the factory. <laughs> Carlton. Oh, Carlton. Yeah, there's a lot of Carltons. Not many Carl's. Um, so he might be playing in this game. I expect him to play in this game, and that will be interesting because I, I thought C was very close to landing him. Just an interesting note. Um, the other guy that I want everybody to watch out for in this Kansas State game is um, Nigel Pack. He's a true freshman guard. He was a four-star guard, and I guess K-State really likes him. So they kind of have their own. Um, what McKinley was as a true freshman, I think, K-State kind of has that right now. So he's the one that uh, I'd be worried about if we're watching this CU. And, and, you know, you go back and look at some of these CU-K-State games. I think CU's won three in a row. And and I believe, but don't quote me on this, the last time K-State beat CU was that Jacob Poland team that hit a buzzer beater at Coors that went to review and counted. I was there. Uh, I was in this. That was the first time I ever sat in the student section. I think it was my mm-hmm. sophomore year in high school. Man, that was such a fun game. And those K-State CU games were wars, man. Like, they were physical games. And that was, like, one of my favorite Big 12 opponents to play. Like, it was kind of a – trying to think. It's either, like, Oregon or Arizona or Arizona State. Like, you always knew that the Buffs were going to give them a game. I guess Arizona State, you know, home or away, you knew it was going to be a game. Uh, So those K-State games were a lot of fun, and I I miss them. So it's going to be fun to see a Big 12 foe, see that purple and white out on the floor. Um, And, yeah, those Frank Martin teams, oh, man, those were fun, Chase. Is the last time um, that they played, was that Big 12 tournament 2011? or Yeah, I guess 2011, the big win. You know, like I said, I know the Buffs have won three in a row, but I don't know the last time these two teams played. Uh, I felt like they may have matched up once since CU moved over, but I, I don't remember. Uh, but it's it's always fun when they get to play these Big 12 teams, you know, in football or basketball. Last yeah. time they played was 2010. It was March 10th, 2011. Okay, so it was that March. tournament game. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that Re- one. Revenge game for K State, then. Very interesting. Yep. Yep. Reve- revenge well, game ten nice. years later. <laughs> what, Benai? <laughs> I think that was in the Big Twelve tournament, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what we're saying. It was in the Big Semi-final. Twelve tournament. Yeah, that's when that was- CU got screwed out of the tournament, even though they made it to the Big Twelve right. final, right? Big Twelve. And that tournament. was with that was with Alec, and that was the team that went on to the NIT. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you, I hadn't even heard of CU in 2010-11. <laughs> well, that's you when I first out because that 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 team it. was really fun to watch. Yeah, that was my favorite. That was one of my favorite basketball teams of all time. Yeah, that's when I first got interested in CU basketball. Was that Big Twelve tournament run, and then I thought for sure they were going to make the NCAA tournament. I remember watching that entire NIT on the couch with my father. <laughs> 
Such a shame. They should have never been in the NIT. The greatest quote of all time from Dick Vitale. It's like comparing, what did he say, Rosie O'Donnell to... uh, <laughs> find it, find Char- the quote. I'll Charlotte Johansson uh, against Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, it's a shame that you didn't make the tournament. And I hate Dickie V, but that's a great quote. Yeah. Uh, Dickie V is basically just old, more washed John Ross team. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, and more out of touch, too. Yeah, I was going to say Rothstein actually works his butt off to like talk to a bunch of people. I don't know if Dick uh, has to but, do anything. So I guess we're going to have some from some memories come Black Friday uh, flashbacks for the CU crowd there uh, of to the to the Tad Boyle teams of the past. But you know, uh, one of the things that we did learn that year, at least, was Tad Boyle's never going to screw up scheduling again. And like I said on the preview podcast, which you can listen to it's the podcast before this, wherever you're listening, uh, it, this was the first schedule that was kind of out of Tad's hands. And I'm really curious as to see what happens come March because Tad Boyle's done such a good job with scheduling since that snub happened. He is Chase Howell. He has been nice a lot. That I just wanted not. to show you all the uh, lime cucumber Gatorade before we go. You're, you guys, you're a lime cucumber Gatorade truther. You're a lime <laughs> cucumber Gatorade truther. Wow. You huh. guys are. Look at that. It's good. Try it. Wow. Try it and let us know what um, you think. I just finished my uh, citrus sour tart delight from Denver Beer Company. Right. I'm gonna go get my my. Oh, I felt it. I thought it was Friday for a second because I'm off the rest of the week. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna go get my Friday start, which is funny because I'm actually covering the game tomorrow and Friday, but I'm off for the rest of the week, technically mm-hmm. speaking. Um, so I'm gonna go get my Friday started. Uh, thank you for listening to the Buff Stampede Basketball Podcast. Available wherever you find your podcast, wherever you want to listen to stuff, we are there. Uh, Again, thank you for listening. We appreciate all the support. We hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving, whoever you may be spending it with. Uh, If you need a friend to send Thanksgiving with, I'm sure one of the three of us will hop on a Zoom for five minutes and say hello. Absolutely. Um, Okay. Thank you for for listening. Make sure you're following all Stampede's coverage on both football and basketball this weekend. These boys will have a football wrap-up podcast. I'll have basketball coverage from both of the two games, and we'll have a – Jesus. We'll have a podcast – uh, recapping this weekend's Little Apple Classic after it occurs. Enjoy your little apples come Thanksgiving. What a feast it'll be. We'll talk to you next time. Stay positive, test negative.